Welcome to chapter two of our podcast. What's on the menu today, Julie? Today we'll be sharing how we searched for, found, and bought our home in France. And you're going to meet the cheapest human being to ever grace the earth. It's all coming up on Jeff and Julie Move to France during a global pandemic. Again, we are the crazy Canadians who uh, thought it would be a cool idea to just pick up and move over to France. I'm Jeff, the cranky, impatient one with no friends. And I'm Julie, the one who's generally adored. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess, you know, before we get into uh, today's topic, Julie, which is, you know, how we decided on a, on, a, on a place here, how that whole process worked right through till we purchased the house. We should, we should let the listener know that um, we're doing this about two years and two months or three months after the fact. Correct. Yeah, we, we flew from Canada to France late September 2019. And we were lucky enough to have my cousin's husband join us. Uh, he's from Quebec. He's a French speaker. And we were, you know, thrilled that he would be able to help us in the decision-making process and give his opinion on, you know, the properties that we were visiting. Right. But right now, as we record, it's 2022. It's 2022. So that's how far back we are going. So some, some quick updates, uh, which we'll try to do with each and every podcast as we reflect back on this uh, blur. It's a blur. <laughs> yeah. It's just been an absolute blur. But um, we applied for all of the uh, standard and needed cards uh, that you have to have to live in France about, uh, I guess we started that process in June or July of 2021. So mm -hmm. what we needed was uh, French driver's licenses. Uh, what yeah. else? Uh, we needed our residency, so carte de séjour. Carte de séjour. And uh, we needed doctors. We needed to find doctors. And there was one other thing. Oh, the, the health card. What right. do you call it? Carte vitale. Carte vitale. Right. Okay. Right. All right. So, Jeff, do we have our carte vitale? No. Do we have our carte de séjour? Uh, let me think about it. No. Do we have doctors? After, no, we don't. Do we have our driver's license? And again, that would be a uh, negative. So this brings me to the expression of the day. Are you ready? Oh, oh already? Already. Oh, just hold, hold on. We're doing the, the, the French phrase of the day this early in the in the podcast. Yeah, just mixing it that up. That was a surprise to me. Let me, uh, let me just reach over here and get the music going. Okay, <clears throat> French phrase of the day. All right. Um, trying to obtain proper documentation in France is comme pisser dans un violon. Whoa. Okay, now I've got to guess this. Okay, I got the comme part, so it's like. Okay. Uh, can you just give it a, a French phrase of the day one more time, please? C'est comme pisser dans un violon. Is it? Uh, I think I've got it. I think I've got it. Uh, is the French phrase of the day like pissing in the wind? No, but oh. close. Okay. Dang. It's like pissing in a violin. <laughs> what? <laughs> Here we go again! Because it's useless. 
Well, yeah, but it could be okay. It's a failure. No, no, but you're not accomplishing anything. These French phrases. Okay, but it could be anything. It's like pissing in a cup. It's like pissing in a car transmission. It's like pissing in a microphone. You know, Why would they use a violin? It's classier. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay, one more time. French phrase of the day. C'est comme pisser dans un violon. And uh, it applies to uh, the effort to try and land our residency card, our health card, our driver's license. Oh, yeah, and some doctors would be nice. Any old day now. All right, so let's now get back to uh, the subject of today's podcast. Chapter two is how. How did we... Uh, make the big jump, the big leap into committing to a house here in France. Right. So we had narrowed down the area that we wanted to look. And that's another. But that, and you know what though? That that's that's also a how. How did we? How did we narrow down to this region? And I think we touched on it in chapter one. Uh, but I think part of that was there are so many like. You were saying that France is one of the or the most traveled to areas in the world? Really high tourism. So we we wanted to be in the beautiful country, but we didn't want to have to deal with the mounds of people that, that come in vacation here, especially during July and August. And, and, and it is substantial. Right. So, you know, we like access to our restaurants and, you know, uncrowded stores and that kind of stuff. So this area is very rural. Um, and it's uh, it, it's it's kind of a a bit of a secret because it doesn't it doesn't appear to be uh, one of the popular tourist destinations. Yeah. and and because it's a secret, it's going to remain a secret uh, as we give you the southwest center sort of <laughs> part of France is where we are near, but not so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you were to sort of triangulate, uh, you would you would say uh, Toulouse, Montpellier, Bordeaux. It's kind of in the middle of all that. But the point is, it is agricultural land. We are in, as we mentioned in chapter one, we're in prune country. There's also all kinds of crops being grown around here in their very hard clay soil. It's unbelievable. Um, but the, the result of that is it's not a tourist area. And uh, we even experienced it last summer where it wasn't really a huge uptick in people. The only place we really noticed it in was the uh, a grocery store. That's right. That's right. So, you know, once we had figured out, okay, that this is the area that we want to look in, we did what most people do, and we went on the Internet and we started looking at images of properties that fit certain criteria. You know, we had our price range. We had the amount of land that we wanted. We had the number of rooms that we wanted. Um, and we kind of had a list of priorities yeah. when we were looking. Those were pretty cool, too. And, and we ended up getting most of them. I mean, we wanted because we've never had a pool. We, mm -mm. You know, I've never owned a pool because in Canada you use it about 15 minutes of the year. And, and then, there, you know, the, you, you take more time setting up and closing down a pool than you actually use it. So I just I just <laughs> just had no interest in it. But here, because of the weather and really it does it, you know, has the uh, it has the potential of getting very hot in the summer. So you want to have a pool. So right. that was one of them. Right. We really wanted a wine cellar ended up. We've, we've got a space for one here. We'll have to sort of create it. But that wasn't a high priority. What were some of the, the bigger priorities? Well, this one became top of the list as we started physically looking. Once we got to France, 
and it was the views. Yes. When, once we saw some of those properties that had actually an expansive view, we realized that that was really um, top of the list for us. And I think one of the reasons was our place in Canada that we were living in at the time. It was a beautiful property, but it was surrounded by trees, which I love, you know, maple trees. and But it was kind of in, in, enclosed, mm-hmm. and we wanted to look out. You right. know, We were 20 years in that place. Right, so. right. So um, we started narrowing down the properties that we wanted to, to visit once we came to France and had to find someone who would help us, or a real estate agent yeah, or en- an estate agent, as they call them. Yeah, well, we en- and it's funny. We I think we enlisted a company first, and then the real estate agent was assigned to us. And it was very – that was a really difficult process because – We'd be we'd be looking on the internet, and this is not something that you'd find in Canada, and I don't think it, it's something uh, that you'd see in the states. But you you would you'd see a house, and it was listed on X Y Z website, and then you'd see that same house on ABC website. So you can as a as a seller, yes, as a seller, you can have multiple agents representing you. And it just depends on the contract that you sign. You can also be exclusive, but in in many cases, um, the sellers here um, pr- prefer to have multiple agencies looking after their interest. Yeah, it's, and it creates. I think it creates a a, a bit of a, a boondoggle in terms of showings and visitations because you're getting calls from all these different people. Right. Right. So we ended up narrowing it down. We found an agency that we liked. We found an English-speaking agent. She was bilingual. And, um, uh, and uh, once we had our dates booked, she um, took the list that we had on hand and started booking appointments so that we could go see those properties. Yeah, so th- that was a two-week v- vacation slash property search. Um, we had been here previously in the year, but this was more about business and, okay, let's get down to it. Remember, 2019, pre-COVID, okay? Pre-COVID. This is very important as we get in, (laughs) as we get into the program. Right. So there we are. It's uh, mid-September 2019. We, and and, and again, this person knows us from nowhere. So, you know, I understand there was a bit of trepidation probably. Oh, yeah, you're coming from Canada. Oh, sure. And then, you know, so... Uh, emailed the tickets and we made arrangements to meet up and uh, and it worked out. We had uh, 15 properties that, that we had narrowed it down to and we had f- given her sort of four days to show us all of those properties. Right, right. And, you know, all of the properties had something of interest, um, but all of the properties also had things that were majorly wrong with them. Yeah, and some of them was the fact that there was no view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, when you're looking at what they call ancient houses, which is what you you have in France, not just old, they're ancient, uh, you, you know, have built-in issues because they've been around for so long. And, um, you know, we, we wanted to have a house that was at least renovated to a certain degree, you know, running water, electricity, that kind of stuff. And it's interesting that when you go, and, and this this is something that I actually prefer about France, when you go to uh, visit a house, it's the it's the seller's responsibility uh, for the inspection report, 
and uh, it's it's called a DDT here, a dossier de diagnostic technique, and it's good for three years as opposed to some of the reports in Canada that I believe are only good for a few months. So when you go to a house, there it is in front of you, what is right and what is wrong with it. And this place actually had a few pretty severe negatives, some of which had been looked after, others hadn't. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, there is a little bit of asbestos in the some of the, the ceiling, the, like the roofing, which is not really a concern for me because it's outside. It's not in the main house. It's not in inside the house. It's an outside house. structure. So, but it, yeah, but yeah. you do know that there it is. It's, yeah. it's in the under the uh, roofing tiles. Uh, it had uh, some termites in part of the house that had been looked after. So, you know, um, but really a nice thing to have as you're looking at a house. Sure, sure. So... Um, Backing up a bit, so we met with our real estate agent uh, and started driving out to properties with my cousin's husband, uh, Danielle, who oh, right. was amazing. Yeah. And uh, we started um, going through homes and listing what the positives were, what the negatives were. And, and we were doing this. It was like speed dating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, we were seeing one house after another. It was a car rally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, we, and we, we actually, we had a, a, um, a binder with all the house images and, and paper so that we could write notes, so that, so that we could remember what we saw. Because you know, was... I'm really glad you said I thought I laughed at you when you set that up. Like, oh, here comes Miss OCD of the year. But it was really, <laughs> ended up being helpful, I got to say. Yeah, because we're taking notes and you, you forget from one property to, yeah. the, to the other like you know which one had the bathtub in the bedroom uh, which one <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so, there were so many weird things weird things people weird things people do so many strange things it's like oh i must have a bath up next here. to the bed well no i think what happened was somebody said i must have a bath up in our bedroom well there's no place for it well now there is <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was weird. And we, we saw, and then remember we went to that one house that with the maniac children running all over Hell's Half Acre. It was just, and uh. it was, and it was just about to fall apart. Oh, like it, the poor it, people. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think they ever sold that barn. Yeah. And then there was one house that was like fantastical and, and apparently, um, Brad Pitt had rented it at some point. And the kitchen, I mean, we're not very tall people. No, I'm 5'7 with the hair, and uh, it was touching. Clear, yeah, it very, was barely clearing. So, so that was not a, right. I, I don't know how Brad Pitt lived there right. or why. Right. Well, I don't think he was cooking. No, that's mm. true. <laughs> and it was right next, it was beautiful. The view was beautiful. It was right next to a vineyard. It was gorgeous, but, uh, you know. Right. So, so we just methodically went through and visited each property and, and tried to keep an open mind. And every night after, I remember uh, the three of us, it was sort of like our routine. We'd go have a bottle, of, uh, open up a bottle of wine and just kind of go through the day's events and, mm -hmm. and make our notes. Yep. And, and actually, it, was, it, it really became a process of elimination. And for the most part, it was elimination. Yes. Right? Right. And then we saw the property that we actually purchased and were mesmerized by the view. It was... And the entertaining space. Like, none, none of the other properties had yeah. a, 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 um, an outdoor kitchen with the pool, with access to the house, all within proximity so that when you're entertaining, it's smooth. 
most of the properties had the pool, you know, 300 yards from the main house. And and the view is was so mesmerizing. It was like, yeah, yeah there's a nuclear power plant right next to her. Yeah, 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 yeah. But look at the view. No, no, no. But there's raw sewage uh, floating in the living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D- don't worry about that. Look at that view. It was just... <laughs> So, so it, it became the front runner, um, and we called it the Bunny House because the um, owners had a horse named Bunny. Yeah. And so, and and th- that was really pretty to see. Also, in in the pasture, you know, there were a couple of horses, and it looked pretty. And and so we, you know, we we thought, okay, I we. It, looking through the house, we think we can make it work. Yeah, it needed a lot of work. But I think what was the determining factor was we left that house that evening. And as we were walking towards our car, Daniele doesn't, he speaks very softly and quietly and gives his opinion, but it's, it's very reserved. And he looked at Julie and I and he said, well, if you don't buy it, I will. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So we, we, I think we we saw the house three times. The second time we went in to take measurements. The third time you wanted to see it at night, which that's was right. really a good idea. That's right. Um, that's always a good thing to do when you're buying a property in in the country. You yeah. want to see how you feel when there's no when there's no light. And it's just darkness around you. Does it feel good? Does it feel safe? Does it feel uh, wonderful? Uh, um, you know, uh, so. And the view changes. And, and all of a sudden, this this amazing daylight view becomes an even more and uh, more seducing evening view. You know, you've got the stars. Then you've got distant lights. And yeah. you, you really feel like you're at the top of the world here. Right. Right. So um, yeah, we, on the second um, appointment. We came and we t- took measurements and we tried to in- imagine in our head um, w- what we could do with the current state of the rooms um, to make it more our style, more North American. Um, and uh, and, and we, we, we actually came up with some really good ideas. And, and we had to be creative here because this was the Frankenstein house of all Frankenstein houses. You know, we were talking about the guy who put the bath in his bedroom. Well, the same kind of thing was going on here for the last three or four owners. Oh, I want to put an addition here. <laughs> there it is. And it had nothing to do with the rest of the house. Oh, I want to put some some terracotta tiles in this one room. <laughs> there they are. And now the rest of the places. And it, it was just, it was so, there, there was one room here, the salon, which we now are thrilled with, but it had one, two, three, four, six. five, six. Six. It's a, sm- it's a small room. It's like, I'm going to say 15 by 15 feet, okay, roughly, and it had six doors in it. Six. Going into different rooms, a bathroom, a bedroom, a bedroom, another bedroom, and so... Kitchen. Yeah, so oh. so what that does is, you, you know, you, you have no... First of all, there's no flow, mm-hmm. and 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 B, <laughs> um, there's no place to to put furniture. Or paintings or anything like that. So that was number one. We had to tackle that, and really... It, it it was it was amazing what we needed to do for this renovation. It included jackhammering, you know, all the floors, all of that stuff. We're going to get to that in uh, one of the following chapters about the actual renovation of this place. But to Julie's point, on that second visit when we came here, we really needed to lock in whether we could make this uh, 
a, a congruous house with a proper flow and, mm -hmm. and the proper amenities. Right, right. So we determined that that could be done, and it could be done within a budget that, you know, would suit us. Well, boy, were we wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that always the case? Yeah, it's, right? you always go a little long. Yeah. Um, and so, as you said, the third visit was at night, and that kind of sealed the deal. And then we met with the real estate agent and made an offer, um, and uh, it was accepted, and we signed an offer to purchase. And, and, and I think, did we do that before we flew home? Yes. I guess we did. We did, yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, we, we, we did. We were at the uh, the estate office. That's right. So, because uh, I think our offer, that's right, our offer came in on the, the the last day of September. Right. And then we flew home. That's right. And we flew home. So that was kind of, uh, oh, and by the way, when you when you make an offer and it's accepted, uh, they have this thing here. And I think they're talking about implementing it in Canada soon. They call it, they call it a 10-day cooling off period. Anytime I hear cooling off, I'm thinking... Wow, how mad were you when you signed that offer sheet? Oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy that house, and I'm so upset. But anyway, I no, guess... but sometimes you you make you, you make a rash decision, yeah. and you have cognitive dissonance. I studied marketing, and and you regret your purchase. So this gives you the opportunity to rescind your offer to purchase. You know, one day we're gonna we're gonna go back and and review some of the marketing techniques that. Uh, that you employed when we when we were dating, because okay. that's quite a story. Anywho, uh, <laughs> um, that's that's true. So uh, you have this. You go to the notaire, the notary, and you sign your your off your offer to purchase. Uh, it wasn't at the notary. It was at the real estate office. At the real estate. We office? didn't see a notary until we actually were doing the official purchase. Oh, right. So we were we were. Um, Doing the offer to purchase uh, with our so it's the agent. ten day thing at that point. At or? that point, okay. At that so point. the day after that, and by the way, that ten day cooling off period can't start on a weekend. So if you sign on a Friday, <laughs> it starts on Monday, and you have ten day, and only the buyer, only the buyer can participate in the ten day cooling off period. The seller, you're done. You, you you sign it and you are on the hook for this if if the ten days goes through. Okay. Right. So fast forward, um, the offer was accepted. We um, let the ten day lapse. So all of a sudden, we were in the process of um, owning this home. Yeah. And 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 so here we are. It's now. So now we're kind of closing in on the end of October, 2019 again. Let's just keep those dates, everybody keeping score at home, 2019. <laughs> and um, so there we are. Uh, the house is, is pretty much ours. Now, it's not going to close until January. Right. It's a, unlike uh, in Canada, where you can have a, uh, um, you, you can close within a matter, a matter of days if, if that's agreeable to, to both parties. Right. Here, it goes to a government worker a notary that you're going to have to pay, and during a period of time, this this notaire is going to go through the deal, look at the facts, verify the facts, and until they're satisfied, you don't get uh, to come in and, and sign your official purchase. That's that's why it was so long was because of the time they have to go over the deal. Yeah, and oh. everything takes forever, Jeff. Carte vitale, oh, carte de séjour driver's license it's it's, it's it, you, you know what when you there's so many wonderful things about france but one thing that you need 
above and beyond everything else is patience. Oh boy, if you don't learn patience here, you never will. And I'm a very uh, impatient human being, but uh, boy, here you just have to... Uh, I, I have a little rag that I take with me and I just bite on it when I'm in like a grocery line or something like that. Right. Uh, it's not a good look, but uh, it helps me. Right. It's my coping mechanism. Uh-huh. So uh, we book our, our trip to uh, to purchase the house. Um, I think we closed on January 14th, 2020. Again, please note that uh, if you're playing uh, our game at home. 2020, January. Yeah, so think about that. We have signed this offer thing September 30th. That's when we made the offer, September 30th. And we're coming to close on January 14th. And according to Julie, that is how much time they needed to figure out both ends of this sale. Uh, and, and yeah, to your point, in, in Canada, it's... Right. So on the 14th, we um, meet at the property because... Oh, wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. No, 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 no. Let me go through what happened. Because as promised... As promised in chapter one, the story of the cheapest human being ever to live. Sure, but let me just go through the chronology of the day, and then you can then you can just. But I happen go. to have the chronology oh. written in an email. Oh. From said cheap person, which I'm surprising oh. you with right now. I went and dug it up in my email well, you, email you machine. You actually found something in your computer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, please, please. Okay. By all means. So, uh, yes, Julie is is uh, alluding to uh, January fourteenth, the day that we. So, going back to September, when we asked this agency to represent us and show us the homes, we were four days looking for homes, and each one of the four days, all four of us, Danielle, Julie, and I, and this agent went for lunch. And uh, we were working off of a, cre a credit card at the time that you had. Mm -hmm. So Julie happily bought, because again, she doesn't know us from a hole in the ground and a hole in the wall. So fine. Uh, I, I didn't really have much of a problem that we were buying all the lunches. I, I didn't. You know, here we are, we're coming over. I mean, she doesn't know us from Adam. She doesn't know if, if the house is going to come out of the deal. But let's fast forward now to January, where she's getting 30,000 euros worth of commission, 45,000 Canadian dollars worth of commission. Let's fast forward to that day, shall we? Which is now January the something, mid-January, mid 2020. Mm -hmm. And here is the email that I received that day. And then I'm going to ask you, if you're playing at home, who you think would be buying lunch. <clears throat> Hi, Jeff and Julie. Just to confirm that we are meeting at your home at 1030 on the 14th for pre-inspection, then lunch, then no tear at 1400 hours, two o'clock. Signed, Cheapy McCheeperson. <laughs> P.S. Bring your wallet. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, that part uh, wasn't in there, but uh, so we go. <laughs> we go, we come and we meet... Uh, the, the, the seller, uh, we walk around, everything's cool. All right, uh, so thanks very much. We'll see you later on at the No Tears. Uh, and now it's time for our wonderful uh, Cheapy McCheeperson to take us uh, for lunch because you just heard the somebody said they were, and by the way, oh, and, and just hang on. She 
booked the lunch at the restaurant. Not us. She booked it. Mm -hmm. So we, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now anyone in the civilized world gets this email on the day that you're buying a house and giving someone $45,000 and accompanied by this and the booking. And I mean, so who's buying lunch? It's pretty evident. So we go there, we have the lunch, the lovely time, chatty, chatty. Oh yeah, it's the house is great. I and mean, you've been wonderful and blah, blah, blah. Check comes, it sits there. She's got like Tyrannosaurus Rex arms are the shortest <laughs> arms in the world because they can't seem to reach this piece of paper that's been, and I'm just, I'm just looking, I'm staring oh, at that. Oh, you were losing it. You were losing it. Well, no, but I was, before I lost it, I was just staring at that bill because I, are you kidding me? Julie's just bought four lunches where you didn't even discuss picking up the bill. And now here we are uh, again purchased a house and you've invited us for lunch to this restaurant. Finally, I just said, hey, Cheapy McCheapyson, <laughs> thanks very much for lunch. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Without missing a beat, Cheapy McCheaperson says, yes, Julie, thank you for lunch. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jeff, okay. <laughs> Jeff just walked got up from the table and walked out of the restaurant, leaving me with Cheapy. People in Spain <laughs> knew how pissed off I was. This was like, are you out of... And, and so I, I'm just, I'm fuming. I'm walking around the restaurant. I'm, I just have, I've never experienced this level of cheapness before. And uh, wow, she actually picked up on that. And she said... Uh, is there a problem? And, you know, Julie, being the nice member of our family, uh, <laughs> said, no, no, it's, it's okay, cheapy. Uh, it's okay. And she says, do you want me to pay for my lunch? And God, I'm so proud of my wife. She said, actually, cheapy. Yes, I do. <laughs> so what is she? She hands over 30 euros for her lunch. Oh, I've just never seen anything like it. I'm, look at me. I'm boiling over right now just recounting this story. Yeah, but you know what? What comes around goes around. So, you know, the karma, the karma pool. Okay, I got. Anyway, I got to so, count it. I got to. That's enough of that. I can't. I can't. I just can't do any more of that. You just could do me a favor. Take a deep breath. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have a little sip of coffee because that yeah. always calms me down. Yeah, you usually drink coffee mm -hmm. before you go to sleep. So I know. I know. Okay, so that's that. So uh, so there we are. Yes. Yep. And so then um, we uh, drive over after Jeff has calmed down. Uh, we drive over to the notaire's office. Ah, yeah, right. Who is a a lovely young fella. <sighs> who really, really enjoys his job. <laughs> <laughs> and so our real estate agent barely uh, speaks French. Uh, the buyer, uh, well, the, the two, one of the buy no, one of the buyers doesn't speak French. That's you. The seller doesn't speak French. The only person in the room who speaks French is Julie. And so he um, just spoke for an hour explaining was, to me, you know, the ins and outs, the zoning of the property, what we can and can't do. Everybody else, I, I'm pretty sure, had their eyes right in the back of their head and uh, were ready to fall asleep. Glazed. And, and and he would go on tangents. He would tell stories about other clients. And 
oh, and what we had to, and of course, we're uh, the, the seller and I are just kind of exchanging glances, laughing, you know, so, did you celebrate a birthday during this? You know, this kind of thing. It was just. But we got it done. We got it done. We got it done. And there were a lot had, of laughs. Yep. We had a piece of paper that said that we own this property. And God knows when you're in France, you need that piece of paper to prove that you own a property. So here we are. It's January 20th. Uh, for you guys playing at home, how, what does that mean? Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't mean just, just that Jeff and Julie bought a house in France and that they still have a house to sell in Canada. It was the beginning of COVID. Yes. <laughs> so here we are. We own two houses. So we did something I swore I'd never do, and that's kind of bridge finance. So we've got a house in Canada that is up for sale. Uh, we have... a house in France that, yes, we own, but requires a boatload of renovations. And it's the it's the beginning of the COVID-19 global pandemic. Perfect storm. How are we going to get all this stuff done? And what was the next phase? So coming up next time on Jeff and Julie Move to French During a Global Pandemic, Chapter 3, Overseeing a Full Home Reno halfway around the world during a pandemic. See you then. A bientôt.